0: Welcome once again to the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo and we're here every day with a fantastic look inside a business, sharing business strategy, insider business secrets, and cutting through all the BS that may be holding you back. And today, I've got something that is not only uh, a request from those of you who listen and watch us, but it's also a business that I've been dying to get inside of. So many of you may be familiar with the cannabis industry, that's marijuana, and you may be familiar with some of the benefits of it. Well, we're going to talk about all of that today. We're going to talk about great business models in the cannabis industry. We're going to talk about some of the barriers that currently exist to making this huge industry completely legal here in the U.S., which I believe it's on track to, to being completely legal eventually here in the U.S., but... It doesn't matter what I think, because we have an expert here to talk about that with us today. So Tony Frischconnect is our guest today, and Tony began his career in the cannabis space many years ago. Uh, I think it was back in 2005. We'll get him to fill us in on on how he got started. It wasn't long before he quickly gained traction and success by exceeding $6.5 in annual revenue from a business that he started uh, basically on his own. In addition to that, Tony has also had the great privilege of being recognized as a cannabis expert by being featured on the cover of Newsweek, The New Pot Barons, Cannabis Business Times, and today he's heavily focused on investing in small cannabis businesses and related stock. So please join me in welcoming the cannabis industry expert, Tony Frischknecht, to The Inside BS Show. All right, Tony. Welcome aboard,
1: Dave. So fantastic to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Oh uh, no! Listen, I've been looking forward to this for a long time because I discovered I, I, on a trip to Fort Collins, uh, where I have relatives, to about two years ago. I discovered CBD oil and. You know, I was a big proponent of saying, hey, listen, until it's legal, I don't want to mess around with it. But, you know, CBD oil is not, it's not, it it isn't what people think of when they talk about marijuana. Well, you can tell us all about that in a minute. I'm going to tell everyone who's listening and watching. My experience from using CBD oil is it takes away your aches and pains. It is incredibly effective at taking the edge off if you have anxiety. And if you have insomnia, and you get your the, the usage right. It can help you fall asleep and stay asleep. It's lowered my blood pressure. Now it sounds like um like one of these guys in the eighteen hundreds and uh you know driving down a dusty trail in a wagon train selling some miracle elixir. But I don't know, man. This stuff works great for me. A little eyedropper before I go to bed at night, and it really helps me. So, help us, Tony. Talk about. Let's start at the beginning first. We'll talk about what CBD oil is in a minute, but how did you get into this? And in 2005, was it legal anywhere? How did you get started in cannabis?
1: It was interesting. It was. It's been quite the road, I'll tell you what. My my journey started when uh, I was in the uh, construction industry. My father, I grew up working in a shop and you know working with my hands and creating everything I could along with my father. So I learned a lot there. And 2005 was an interesting time back in Fort Collins because we had just gone through a major boom, uh, similar to what I'm kind of seeing happen right now with the changing uh, in real estate. But we kind of went through the similar boom and then everything started to kind of trickle off. And at that time, you know, I was, uh, you know, in my early 20s and I'm like, well, you know, I need to I need to work for myself. I need to figure something out. So I started this little business doing uh remodeling and what they call fix and flips, right? And I got into it right about as this downturn started happening. So I, I spent a lot of time working on this place by myself and you know after about six months I'm like, man, this is gonna be impossible for me to figure out how to make money on uh, we're not going to sell. We're not going to make a profit. You know, you get all the self-doubt that you that you go through, especially as a young entrepreneur. And so what I'd, I just kept my ears open for different ideas that were coming around. So I uh, was an acquaintance of mine that I had met through some other friends. Uh, he, he had actually uh, began a hydroponic store and Back at that time, you know, there was still a lot of black market that was happening. Uh, There was medical marijuana, however, I wasn't really uh, familiar with that. All I knew that there was a plan out there. Um, The margins were nice, uh, but the risk was high. So then I decided, all right, I'm going to spend some time talking to this gentleman more and getting a little more insight. So after about four months of back and forth and different dinner meetings and understanding the process, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to take a risk. Well, I took the risk. Uh, over the first year, uh, I learned a lot and I actually was able to see some great success. However, the stress that was mounting on me uh, with everything that was going on, for the fact that I was doing it underground, mm. and it was it was a really it was a really eerie feeling. So. I started thinking, how can I make this a legitimate business? So again, long time ago. So for those of you may not quite know, but in in 2000, uh, cannabis in uh, Colorado became medical. So I was even late to the game at that point. At least I thought I was. I thought it was new, but it was it was actually late. Uh, California was 1996, so they were the first, and then we followed them up after about s- a few years later. So. Anyway, so I took that, I took that point to, um, to to take the, like I said, look at something new and say, okay, how can I make this legitimate? I, I started doing some research, found a place down in Denver where they gave out medical cards. I went and um, found out how to get my medical card. I followed all those, those guidelines and everything got in there. And then I was like, okay, I can become a caregiver. So I became a caregiver. I started my own uh, grow in in, uh, Erie, Colorado. I had moved from Fort Collins to Erie and the rest just shot off from there. Uh, it, It was quite the run up until about 2015. So from 2009, going through uh, some ups and downs. 2010, I got into dispensaries, uh, got into large grow operations. We we were managing about 20,000 square feet of indoor grow, uh, you know. And I had started out in a little 600 square foot space in a thousand foot foot basement. So I progressively took extra risks as I went along. So, but for the most part. You know, everything worked out great. However, it was not an easy road.
0: So, back then, where you was at, so so it was legal for you to do what you were doing and you're you were just learning the business, learning how to scale the business. Now, what happened? You mentioned something happened in 2015. From 2015 until today, what happened from, from that point forward?
1: Well, so let me back up. So, it was it was quasi-legal, right? It, you know, there were okay. when they decriminalized it as things progressed in like 2010 as we we went forward when they started decriminalizing it as a state level that's when law enforcement started accepting it Mm, okay okay. Um, and, and as you've seen around the country they can change laws, but it doesn't mean they're going to be able to get everybody to hop on board right away. You know, that never happens. Uh, it it takes a bit of a, a, a bit of a turn. So I was doing it legal as much as I could be. I was following the regulations that were in place, but they were really minimal. Um, you know, and that's what, that, that was that gray area that I was allowed to work in because I actually went through a, uh, I had, I got raided by the DEA. I had actually got, um, my property, uh, they, they broke they broke into the house and took everything out of the property. But according to my attorney, we had had steps in place that if this happened, I was following these guidelines. So, so what had happened, in, in that was in 2009, at the end of 2009. So what happened is, at that point, that pushed me into the full medical. That was like, okay, I've got to do a full grow and mm. do this the right way or I'm done. And so six months later, I jumped on board, got a warehouse, started working, uh, commercially growing and, you know, and then that's, that's what led me into the, uh, dispensary. So 2015, back to your question. So 2015 and 16, I actually had transitioned. I, I, we had business partners, uh, multiple, I had multiple companies, ones were their dispensaries, and then I had a, uh, vaporizer company that we had started in 2013. So. You know, no one ever tells you how much stress a business, a really thriving business, even brings to your body. As Even as you get more successful, there's still a lot of stress. And going into this, I'm like, well, it's cannabis. How stressful is it going to be, right? <laughs> because most people are thinking, well, it can't be that hard. It's a, it's a plant. You know, you throw, put some water and grow it. What happens is everything around it it starts becoming less of growing and more of regulation and business plans and, and uh, you know accomplishing those goals and everything else that goes along with it. So I had come across a great opportunity between uh, 2015 and 16, where I actually ex- exited uh, my ownerships uh, with these companies and I was able to relax and catch my breath uh, because it was a 10 year run With with uh, you know impossible, it seemed like impossible uh, things that I had to get to to become successful. Uh, So fortunately, I've I've now where we're at right now. I've I've had a chance to uh, you know reflect and understand where I was and really understand the opportunity that I had in front of me. And I did at the time, but sitting back um, because it was like hyperspeed, ten years of hyperspeed, and all of a sudden it was like. Oh, man, I can take a breath. And so over the last five years, I've, uh, you know, I've written a book. Uh, We can talk about that if you want. And then I've also started a couple podcasts. And I'm trying to share, you know, some simple ideas that I think the mainstream media does not share with a lot of people out there that are either trying to get into the business or, you know, understand where they're they're their, their qualities, uh, that they can use to put into the business to really succeed. So that's kind of what had happened for the last 15 years.
0: Okay. So, uh, so many questions. I let's start with, uh, let's start with the products themselves, and then we'll talk about the business model and how the business works. Okay. No problem. Uh, I mentioned at the outset, my, uh, my experience with CBD oil and explain to people that you know, that's not pot. That's not, that is, uh, well, explain what it is because you can, you can give us the exact definition. I can tell you what I think it is, but that doesn't mean it's going to be right. Yeah. So what is, like what I use, the CBD oil that I put under my tongue that, that I mentioned is so helpful. What exactly is that?
1: Well, in simple form, it's the non-psychoactive uh, ingredient that's in the cannabis plant that, that people take. And, you know, the beauty of it now is that we're learning stuff every day because we've we've never been able to uh, you know society hasn't ever been able to run tests on these they haven't been able to see what this is about so that's Ooh. what's amazing about about this plant and there's so many other there's so many other uh, uh, compounds right sorry I'll go back that it's a it's a compound of the plant right there's there they say there's you know there could be a thousand different compounds in this one plant that's what makes it kind of a you know, you, you were talking about snake oil, like this works for everything, right? And what we're finding out is they're 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 minimizing this down to these one single compounds, and really being able to do tests. And what they're discovering is they may work, they, they seem, so for some people, they work better mixed compounds and some only mm-hmm. by themselves. So that's a lot of the testing that's happening right now in research that's going across our country in many universities. Uh, they're starting to break this down because now it's legal for them to to do this research. I had a uh, horticulturist that I worked with uh, when I first got into the commercial side, and she said, let, let me explain this. It's." if you look at it as the uh, being relative to uh, dinosaurs, it's almost like we discovered a new dinosaur. That's how, that's how much we don't know about this plant and how much isn't talked about. So it, it's super exciting and, and I'm really excited to see what's, wh- what kind of research we're gonna see over the next five years.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I need to mention this and I'll mention it uh, throughout the show. If you want to try any of these products and it's legal for you to try it where you are, you got to check with your doctor because here's the thing. um, As Tony was saying, there hasn't been a lot of research done. So some of the properties of some of the cannabis derivatives are processed by different enzymes in the liver and they may have interactions with some medications you're taking. So... Talk to your doctor about it. And what you're going to find is, like, I'll give you the example of my doctor who's like 105 years old. He's a 66, 67-year-old guy. And I said, hey, I want to try this, and here's the reason why. And I told him, you know, for aches and pains after I work out, I heard it was really good for that. And he said, oh, it's going to be great for your blood pressure too. And he said, it's also going to help you relax a little bit. And he said, but you have to take it, you know, because I was taking some other medication at the time. You have to take it at a different time of day than when you take this he knew all about it he's an older guy and he knew all about it and he contrary to what i thought he was going to say oh you shouldn't mess with that no 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 it was the exact opposite he's like oh it's going to help with these other things too just don't take it within two hours of taking this so when you're hearing us talk about this on the show check with your doctor don't be ashamed to check with your doctor but give it a try my 81 year old mother was complaining about a couple of things, and we got her some gummies, and she loves the gummies, the CBD gummies, and she loves the effect the CBD gummies have. But she had to check with her doctor before she started using it. So, Tony, back to some of these derivatives. So, there are certain derivatives from marijuana that don't have any, um, you know, any mind-altering effects, and that's in some states that's what's legal. So, explain to us break down for us what's legal and what's not legal and where you know to the best of your ability i don't expect yeah, a 50 no, no state no problem. i don't expect a 50 state like <laughs> treaty on no. on the treaties on this i mean just give us kind of you know give us a, a rule of thumb and people can go google their state and figure out what's legal where they are
1: so you know i i like to tell people that cbd is in in all cannabis plants right the only thing that makes uh THC or, well, let me go back. The only thing that makes hemp and cannabis different is the fact of the law, the regulations, right? Anything below, generally in most states, anything below 0.03% THC is considered hemp. Anything above that is considered cannabis. So the majority of the time where the CBD is collected, not all the time, but the majority, it's collected from the plants that have uh, the very low low THC level that 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 your body's not going to feel you're not going to be able to tell So that's the simplest way I can explain it
0: And that stuff is what that that and that's pretty much legal everywhere like the CBD yeah. stuff is legal everywhere
1: Yeah, so that's what the big boom was here in in 2018 with the farmers uh, uh, You know when they passed the farm bill uh, back in December of 2018, that's what everybody jumped on board. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to go grow fields of this stuff, and let's make this happen. And everybody was super excited. Um, it, but what what happens here, a, a couple seasons later, there's a lot of people that lost a lot of money and and, uh, and didn't realize the saturation was going to happen like that.
0: Yeah, so... Okay, where is, what states in the United States, and we're recording this in March, I had to check the calendar, March of 2021. What states in the United States is marijuana like 100% legal? Uh,
1: I think we've got, I think we've got, I'm sorry, when you're talking 100% you're medical and recreational, right? I think there's yeah. over a dozen right now where we're sitting at. Uh, majority is medical. Medical is over. Uh, we're I think we're pushing about 35 states at this point. It's really hard okay. to keep up, and I wish I had an exact answer for you. But they're, we're changing so fast. Like I heard Virginia was happening the other day, and uh, we just had we just had five states pass medical or recreational back in November. So it's it's just rapidly happening, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's another state. There's another two. So it's 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 quickly building up steam. I see we're we're getting a terminal velocity right now on on the, uh, on the arches going towards the top, right.
0: Okay, now let's get into let's get into the business model a little bit cuz one of the challenges that I've heard about and you can fill us in on this is what do you do with your money if it's <laughs> if it's illegal at the federal level, you, you don't want to put it in a federally insured bank. Right. So what do you do? How, how does that work? Is that still the case? Can you, what do you do with your money from a can? So you're you have a legal dis- distribution operation. You're you're in Colorado where it's legal. You're selling to Colorado residents. Everything you're doing is legal then the money you make, you go to put it in Chase or Bank of America or Citibank. Those are federally regulated and federally insured banks. Is that gonna be a problem? How does that work?
1: Well, yes, it is gonna be a problem. Um, what what we're seeing though is uh, over the last couple of years, it's not as hard as it used to be. There are a few banks, so these are state-run banks, credit unions, right? There are several mm-hmm. credit unions in Colorado um, that I would say several we're we're probably a handful. We're probably talking like four or five that are taking the risk of banking cannabis. Uh tons of compliance. Uh you've got usually you've got an officer for the bank that works with three different entities and that's it. Because they've got to control all the cash, they've got to make sure the money that's coming in there's there's no funny stuff happening. They're asking you questions. They're auditing your books, asking you, well, where'd this twenty thousand come from? And they're making sure because they've got you know Uncle Sam looking over their shoulder, like you better make sure this is not uh, you know they're not laundering money through the the facility. So. It, it wasn't always that way. It, it used to be a lot more challenging. We're not, they're not discussing that as much anymore because I think, um, people are, are dealing with it. And then there still are people out there that have safes full of cash. Um, you could easily on a big weekend, have a couple hundred, $250,000 sitting in your safe until you have to move it somewhere else. And, you know, everything costs money to move money. So they make it extremely expensive. So if you have a bank account, yeah, it's great. You can move it, but now you've got to pay somebody to count the cash. They charge you uh, fees to count the cash. They charge you a high dollar fee for simply just having the account. I think at one point we were paying uh, close to 2,500 a month just to have a bank account, if you can believe that.
0: Mm.
1: So all the money that, That shows like the cannabis is showing making is getting sucked out by everybody else. So it's extremely hard to be profitable because everybody sees all the money. So they think there's so much money to be made. But at the end of the day, as an owner, you get left with a very small fraction of it because there's so many people taking it on the way in.
0: Yeah. What about some of the ancillary services too that could be could be really tough to find so for example insurance uh credit card processing things like that Uh, how do you how do you handle how do what is what is insurance like if you're if you have a cannabis business (laughs) like where do you get insurance (laughs) you know
1: again these are all these are all great questions these used to be way more challenging than they are now because there are companies out there that are say we work in cannabis we are cannabis specific we work in that realm but you know it was it was a challenge um you know i basically found a guy off of something i read in a newspaper and his place was you know all the way across the country and we chatted on the phone he had a guy locally in colorado somehow to get insurance but that was a lot of work it it took me yeah. weeks or maybe even months to find some of these. Uh, fortunately, m- uh, merchant accounts, very challenging. Uh, we had gotten in prior to uh, really people understanding what was happening in the cannabis world. Uh, and so we were okay, but most people, once they found out you were cannabis, you just dropped you. And then all of a sudden, that's when people would bring an ATM machine so that people could, uh, you know, pull money out to pay you. And it, lots of, hurdles that you have to deal yeah. with and things would change on a daily basis you know it wasn't like one month they're doing this one it's just like oh no we just lost our bank account where are we gonna go and so you gotta i, I mean i remember back in 2012 we lost a bank account a month for 13 months
0: oh my gosh
1: because they were figured they were it was it was insane and so you know one of the other Ma- massive hurdles that you have to deal with as a business owner is okay you've got a lot of overhead you got a lot of bills to pay and you got labor how are you gonna pay that if you lose your bank account every other week you know how are you gonna keep up on top of that and so we got really creative uh fortunately i had some i had some business partners uh that that we all we we managed our, our liabilities very well, but, but it was challenging. I mean, there were definitely a lot of days where you wanted to quit and be like, man, I, I, I just, I don't know how to do this anymore. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is right now. Um, but you know, press perseverance l- leads the way, right?
0: So it was almost easier when everything was illegal because you knew where the line was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now once they made this stuff legal 100% once they made this stuff legal the line got blurred and you weren't sure where you were like if it, if it's all illegal you don't you're not going to put the money in the bank regardless so you got to figure it out but then they say okay it's legal go ahead and you put your money in the bank and then it's gone poof like that overnight it's crazy it's absolutely absolutely crazy
1: fortunately they didn't take our money but they'd shut our bank account down and be like okay You got to you got to get this out of here. Get rid of it. We don't want anything to do with it. Right. So go ahead. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt.
0: No, 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 no. Look, it's I you know, you're you're so that's and that's part of what you talk about in your book. So the title of the book is from black market to the man. And you talk about how this, you know, your your journey throughout the startup and the growth of this business talk a little bit about where we are today because there are companies like Medmen that are in multiple states and they do you know it's a they're big companies that are doing medical marijuana now and you mentioned you know the farm bill and I'm here in South Florida I'm, I'm about five miles from a place called the Redland and the Redland is a is a big growing area and a lot of farmers in the Redland are converting uh, to marijuana because you know the the climate is the climate is supportive of that here. So talk a little bit about where things stand today, and you know these these large businesses like you know I mentioned MedMen and medical medical marijuana, uh, you know entrepreneurship. Where does it stand now? Can you can you have a multi state entity? Can you have an entity where it's going to be an investable business?
1: A- absolutely um these these guys that are doing multi-state uh, operations, and just for the little guys out there that are thinking about there there is space still for you. I want to let you guys know that's why I talk about what I talk about either in my book or on my podcast is I want to make sure that the little entrepreneur still has an opportunity and it's still ha- that we still have enough time to get you in there and get you going, but it's getting tougher, so <laughs> time to make a move, but Back to the MSO. So the MSOs are playing a long game. Um, They are. They're what we saw happen in Canada, uh, which was a really interesting uh, layout where they went federal, top federal legalization all the way down, and we're going from the bottom up. Uh, They've, you know, they've experienced some massive losses up there. Uh, A lot of companies have uh, filed bankruptcy and um, stock have plunged you know the hype is over and now people are like well where's the money let's see the bottom line what do what financials look like when they should have been saying that the whole time right <laughs> this discussion of businesses it, what, what I what I see is that the hype like anything else we're seeing in a lot of other industries right now you know people just kind of lose their mind and they just hop on board and say well let's just invest <laughs> it's a good way to lose a lot of money um Mm. and i've seen a lot of people do it but as we move forward and these guys are starting to get two four six seven ten states uh they're being strategic about the population in those states they understand the amount of licenses that is controlling that state for instance florida you know there's only 15 licenses in that entire state In, in a way it's kind of a monopoly it's like okay i got my space here you got yours over there we won't mess with the prices too much because we don't have to. You guys make your money; we'll make our money. Uh, not really what I consider, you know, true capitalism, but it is what it is, right? It's it's what we're dealing with, and I love the fact that we're going towards legalization. But these are kind of some of the things that we have to deal with as we grow as an industry.
0: Well, it's like any other emerging industry, any any other thing that's brand new, you go through these fits and starts, you go through these cycles, and what will, what will break that logjam is somebody coming in who says, hey, I want to do business in Florida, and it's not fair that there's only 15 licenses that could be considered monopolistic, and we're going to test the law and see what judges think right and uh, you know it's going to work its way through the court system eventually the logjam will be broken up it may take years but that's how that's how those things tend to shake loose so you mentioned there's time there's opportunity for the little guy in any business before before it becomes totally overwhelmed and you know monopolized by big industry there are there are these little niche areas. There are these little pockets. What are some of the pockets where the little guy can still be successful in cannabis?
1: So I talk about this in my book. It's uh, it, chapter number four. It's regulation versus location, and basically what it comes down to is, you know, when everybody's doing it, it's kind of too late. Mm. So if you find if you li- if you're living in a state that is starting. Um, cannabis discussions, you need to be at the front of that line. There's still a lot of room for these States to, I mean, there's at least 15 States that don't have anything right now as far, as far as I can remember at this time. And so that is still a ton of opportunity. I think you're gonna see opportunity in the Bible belts, which is really risky, extremely risky, but you're gonna see some of the biggest gains in there because you're gonna, there's gonna be very few people that you have to compete against. There's also gonna be uh, very few people that have the knowledge that you know. So if you have the ability as an entrepreneur to move to one of these states that is either on the fringe or having these discussions, it's a great place to get started and you don't have to deal with the big guys there. There is so much, there is so much money being made in this industry. You don't have to go to California. They, they, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen is people are like, well, I'm going to go to California cause it's the ninth biggest economy and let's, let's, I'm going to make a bunch of money there. But what people don't understand is that's what everybody else is thinking. Yeah. So you're going to be competing against all these, all these big money people, And the regulations in California are very challenging, Um, not just to grow cannabis, but to really grow anything. Uh, The agriculture there is extremely challenging. Uh, I give it up to those farmers out there. They've got a lot they have to deal with. Um, But look, look around you and say, okay, what's happening in my community? Are people talking about it? Are we getting some people that are like in city council that are like, I think we should talk about this cannabis because if we really could use the tax revenue after everything that's happened over the last year and, and you hear discussions like that and people become a little more open-minded and, but at that point, nobody's seeing it. Right. I mean, yes, these big guys have ears and eyes in a lot of places, but they can't be everywhere. So if you find, I mean, here in Colorado, we've got some mountain towns and I think they've got some great markets, but they've been able to, you know, Uh, get in as part of the two or three retail shops in the whole mountain. And so they, and and then the city's like, we don't want any more. So that's, you know, they're protected. And these big guys can't come in and unless they buy you out, which a lot of people are like, well, that's the dream. Let's get bought out by, you know, the big company for millions of dollars. So it really puts you in a good position. If you, if you find, you know, what they say your moat if your moat is large you can keep enough people out for long enough for you to get a foothold and it also is much cheaper when they don't know the regulations in these lo- local areas and they or they don't have any they're up to you know creation it's like time to create them if you're able to step in prior to that time point you're talking about saving millions of dollars. I'm not kidding you. I mean, y- you you talked about my bio, but I literally started with about $30,000. Um, you can't do that in most places anywhere. I mean, Colorado, it's several million if you expect to do anything. And more than likely, uh, you're buying somebody out. So it's even more now, uh, depending on the area. But anyway, that there's a ton of opportunity out for the little guy, but once federal legalization goes then we're going to see what's happened with hemp hemp has been it oversaturated within two seasons it was like oh my gosh i i didn't sell my crop last season because i didn't get the money that i wanted for for the uh biomass but now um we're in year two and there's even more biomass on the market so because it's completely legal Mm -hmm. and anybody well shouldn't say anybody you can still have to get a license but it's not like see C- it's not like thc cannabis it's much different
0: one of the areas i see huge opportunity is you know everybody thinks of marijuana and they think of like a fringe subculture the area i see a huge amount of opportunity and i'm curious to see if you agree with this is with your just your average person like i you know a person like me Once I was educated on the benefits and educated on the fact that, you know, this is not some it's not going to it's not going to cause, you know, ridiculous psychedelic side effects. It's not going to do any type of psychological damage. It's non-addictive once, you know, once I was educated on all of that and then i gave it a try I, and i found that there were benefits to things that i had looked i was struggling to find a solution for you know from a from a you know performance standpoint when it came to you know being athletic and from a from just from a you know daily life it enhanced the quality of my life you know i it took a lot of education to get me to that point i think there's significant upside For people who want to be resellers, and you know, you want you can, you know, once it's legal in your area, if you wanted to start an online store, think about people who sell t shirts, right? There are a million people selling t shirts, but if you have something unique or you have a way to reach people who didn't know about your type of t shirt, you're more likely to be their t shirt vendor of choice. Well, now take a product like you know, anything related to marijuana these days, anything related to the cannabis plant these days. And if it's legal and you can educate people on the benefits of it, you're going to be their go-to source, especially if they trust you. And then you can corner the market of people who trust you, and you can make a very nice living for yourself as a little guy. And then if you want to get bought out, that's where your database of customers comes in, the goodwill you have with them, that level of trust, and how you've educated them over the years. That's what people will pay for when it's time to buy you out. Tony, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I agree with you. I agree with you on a lot of that. The one thing that, um, you know, I I hate to see people make this mistake of is, is that really, are they a salesman, right? Are they going into, or can they, they run a business that they can hire salespeople? You know, the the biggest mistake is uh, so many people want to become a grower, right? Because they're excited. They want to be around the plant. They want to understand. Well, if you don't have the background and the understanding and, and I had to I had to lose a lot I had to lose a lot before I started winning and so you have to be relentless if you want to go that route but I, I do agree that there is a ton of opportunity basically what you're talking about is creating the blue ocean right the, the the niche for your area that there may be a lot of people in selling CBD however they're not educating as well as you are they're not creating this open field that they don't have to compete on price alone because competing on price alone and, and i'm sure you know this uh, it, the race to the bottom is brutal
0: well that'll do it for this episode of the inside bs show my guest today was tony frisch connect he is an expert on the cannabis industry it was great to have tony with us if you'd like to listen to tony's podcast i want you to go to plantproblem.com that's plantproblem.com plantproblem.com that's his podcast we're going to put that in the show notes also if you'd like to connect with Tony we're going to put his information in the show notes as well Tony's book is titled From Black Market to the Man and you can find his book wherever books are sold put a link to his book in the show notes as well we'll invite Tony back again to discuss all things cannabis because this is an evolving industry things are growing fast and we take you to the inside. We share the inside business strategy with you, give you all the insider business secrets like Tony did today, and we cut through all the inside BS that's holding you back. Thanks for joining me. My name is Dave Lorenzo. Please come back and join us again tomorrow for another interview here on the Inside BS show. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.